Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real-world tips, tricks, and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family, and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Welcome, mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. Today, we're talking about job sharing, and I'm very excited to have Melinda Chaffanel on the podcast, who has had a number of experiences with job sharing, and she's going to talk to us all about today. So thank you, Mel. Well, thanks, Karina. Great to be here. My pleasure. So I actually put out the call on my own personal social channels and a mutual friend of ours, Samantha Donovan, put us in touch because she knew through your experience what it was like. How would you best describe yourself? Well, um, so very simply, I am mother of two and a finance executive. (laughs) They're my two main roles. So I uh, live with my partner and my two children who are 10 and 12 in and the dog in suburban Melbourne. And I work, my experience in working is in the finance function or the sort of CFO teams of large corporates. And that's uh, generally where I have experienced and progressed my career. Fantastic. And so just on your career, what's been your career pathway to date? So, well, I've been, as I say, on the finance track. So I I worked at, started my career at big accounting firms, did a stint overseas, and then when I came back, I spent a large chunk of my career working for the National Australia Bank, and it was while I was there that uh, my partner and I decided that we wanted to start a family, so I had both my children while I was working there, and ever since I had my uh, eldest child, um, I have been working on a part-time basis, so three days a week. So I've been um, very fortunate, I feel, to sort of had that opportunity to balance in a way that really worked for me, continuing on um, maintaining slash progressing my career, as well as spending the time that, that I wanted to with my, my children and just kind of helping things on the home side run smoothly, as well as the career side running fairly smoothly as well. Oh, very, very good. And so from the outset, I said you have experience in job sharing. Do you want to tell us firstly, how did that come about and what's been the experience so far for you? Yeah, yeah, sure. So it actually came about because I had a very amazing uh, people leader or hiring manager. So I uh, was at the NAB and I uh, was wanting to find a part-time role, but they're quite um, quite difficult to find most roles I found advertised on a full-time basis. So I put myself forward for a full-time role, hoping to then negotiate some sort of part-time capacity. Um, and there happened to be another uh, another person at, who was doing a similar thing. So she had also applied for a full-time role but wanted to work part-time. So the hiring manager actually came back to both of us and said, look, why don't you two connect and and see if you might want to work in a job share and put yourself forward as a, as a job sharing team for this role. So it actually wouldn't have happened if she hadn't suggested it um, because I, I guess I didn't really have the visibility of where this other person was at and what she was wanting and a, and a way of connecting other than through her. So, um, so we put our heads together and we actually we wrote a little business case. <laughs> um, so we went through... Worked through all the details ourselves and why we thought we'd be amazing and how it would work. 
and what we would aim to achieve in it. And we put that forward to the hiring manager and to her boss who wasn't quite as supportive around it to sort of take the case forward. So I worked with that job share partner for a number of years and we worked uh, on across three different roles at two different organisations. So we managed to transition uh, within that role and as a job sharing team, that arrangement came to an end when she moved into state. So that was, <laughs> that was no longer practical for us to work together. <laughs> and then further on a few years later, I was still working for the same hiring manager and she suggested again, it was a role that she wanted me to do, put me in touch with someone else that we might consider doing that arrangement in a, in a job share. So, so it was due to the same, same people leader, was the same person who initiated it. But then I, it was, it's obviously up to myself and my partner to then make it work. And what was it about the hiring manager that gave her that thought of, oh, you'd be great for a job share? Because I'm sure that's not a thought process that goes through every hiring manager's mind. No, it's certainly not. Um, most people think, I think, think it would be just difficult. It's harder. You've got two people to manage that just, that makes it harder and they don't think about the benefits associated with it. Few and far between, but there was some examples of job sharing um, within the organisation that she would have been familiar with. But I think she's just, she's honestly just a very open-minded and fairly progressive kind of people leader. She knew both of us and she understood what was important for us and where we were at both just both having, you know, very young children at, at that stage and what we're looking for, but also what we're capable of. And she she's just, as I say, open-minded and happy to take, take I guess, take a punt because that is what you're doing a bit, but you've got to believe, you've got to, I guess, have an understanding of, or it helped for her to have an understanding of who we were, how we worked, and that, you know, there was there might be something to it in putting us together. And did you, in changing those role transitions, did you interview together when you were going for new roles? Yes, we did. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was a strange, it was a strange thing. But, yes, we went as a team. I mean, we obviously had separate CVs and we sent this, the separate CVs forward. We had connections into those roles. So, again, it was that we were already a known entity, if you like, which clearly helped. And it also helped that we had been working together successfully as a job share. So we're like proving we can do it, um, proving that we work well as a team. We've got the double the experience, if you like, in the individual you're appointing to the role. And then we did have those existing relationships, which, which obviously also help in securing those roles. Oh, very good. And why was your hiring manager's boss not supportive initially of job sharing? Oh, I think just a more traditional view of how things are done, older male, you know, I think just, uh, yeah, it's not the way, it's not that's something he'd experienced and therefore didn't have a particularly positive view on it. Not that there'd been a negative experience, but it's just more traditional in, in his approach and thinking. Yeah, and did the business case that you worked on, did that really help win both your hiring manager and also then her manager across and win them across the line around the job sharing arrangement? I hope so. I mean, it was, it was only a couple of pages, but we put in a lot of thinking beforehand around how we wanted to work together and we tried to think of any, you know, the arguments people would have against it and tried to come up with 
clarity as to, to how it would work and think about it's a, it's a big investment that you're putting in one another and there's a big investment in the actual job share to make it work. And we were, you have to be prepared to do that, which we were because I thought the benefits sort of, you know, far outweighed, if you like, the extra investment that you need to put in into it. And what were some of, do you want to talk us through that process to create that business case? What were some of those considerations and how did you go about first meeting this person around a job share? How did you know that it was going to work with them? And do you want to just talk us through some of that process? Because I guess very simplistic, it's a little bit like dating. You don't know if you're really going to like this person, how you're going to get along with them and communicate with them. And yeah, it's, it's really because you're going to work quite closely with them and you need to have, I guess, a real sense of trust uh, in their abilities as well. So how did you go about forming that relationship and ironing through a lot of those details that I guess you've, as you were trying to say, get really, get over those naysayers of, oh, this isn't going to work, but actually change the perception around, no, this can work and this is why. Well, it is, it is, it's a bit like a marriage in that you really are, um, you spend, you spend a lot of time together really invested, you really have to invest in the relationship and you end up talking to each other more than you kind of talk to anyone else really. So it really is a bit, is a bit like a marriage in a sense. So there were, look, lots of things to think about before we you go into it. So firstly, so with the first job sharing, first job share partnership, I did, I had worked in the same sort of larger team as as this person and and we so I had an awareness of her she had a really good reputation she seemed like a good operator we had similar experience and background so and she seemed like a you know lovely person like a nice person I liked her from what I knew of her so there was some sort of relationship there and we just connected we came in together and met and we sort of tried to work out all the details as to how we might make it work and that was some really simple things like just making sure just getting the days that we work so that we had full coverage during the week now when your kids are young and it's really hard to get them into childcare and you're stuck with certain days if that's actually (laughs) can be harder than you think but obviously we sort of covered that off and we had to shift things around and then we had to think about then everything from how we manage the work so as a job share, do we want to split our responsibilities of the role and, you know, one person looks after one aspect and the other looks after the other? Or did we want to have, like, shared accountability where we would just pass information over to one another and, and someone looks after it on, you know, these three days and the other one looks after it on the, the other days? So you need to really think about what you want that arrangement to look like and where your skill sets are and how that fits. And so for me, I've done, I've not split the roles. We've really tried, we've shared it and shared the accountabilities and the outcomes. And we've also very specifically set it up so that we shared the performance outcomes as well. So we had full joint accountability at the end of the year when performance was assessed, that the assessment of the outcomes was done equally across both of us. That may or may not be how you set it up, but you need to be clear about that because it impacts in how you work. We had to think about how we managed our team because we had a large team in the role. So how did we manage team meetings and communication with the teams and one-on-ones and performance reviews and development conversations, all that sort of stuff. 
as well as our key stakeholders. So the similar thing, how we sort of manage that relationship and interface and how what we wanted the experience of our stakeholders to be so it was easy for them and they didn't ever have to repeat conversations between from one to the other that we just made sure we were always sharing the information. And then other things like just email protocols. So, you know, do we have a shared email box or how do we manage that sort of communication? Because a lot of it was happening through email at that point you know, how we share files and all that sort of thing. But the, the most, and the most important thing then, which links into all of that, was then the handover process from one of us to the other because that's probably the most challenging thing to get right. That's where you put your biggest investment of time into the job share as, as such. That's also the, the thing that will kind of elevate the success of the, the job share. And so that was really... We went in and our business case, we had something written out about how we're going to do it, which wasn't how we ended up doing it at all because it's it's trial and error. You've got to get in there and work out what works for you. We were going to take notes and but then you'd spend all day just writing handover notes rather than getting on and doing your job. So what, what we ended up doing that for that first one was we just did phone calls. So we found that that was the easiest way to do it and we'd actually do it when one of us was at home and that's that, that sort of witching hour between, you know, 5, 6.30, somewhere around then when everything's a mess at home and nothing good's going on, um, while the other one was coming home from work, either in the train or the car. So it was kind of dead time on both sides and we just invested in talking to one another, which probably sounds really strange, but worked for us at that time in, in that arrangement. Yeah, and, that, and as I say, the handover is really key because you really need to just have strong communication between one another and and having to hand over to your partner and expect them to then continue to operate on your behalf the next day you need to really distill the most important information so you need to really think about what's happened over the last couple of days focus on what are the key priorities what are the key outcomes and actions what are the most important points from any critical conversations and you become you don't want to spend three hours on the phone doing the handover. You need to be really succinct. So, so that was the most important thing. And we had, look, we had a whole lot of other things kind of written out in the business case around we do reviews of our job share every so often and what have you, which, again, we didn't actually end up doing because we were talking all the time. We just, you have to go in, you have to say, I'm going to trust this person. I'm going to have your back. We're in it together. We've got we're jointly accountable for all the outcomes and communicate, communicate, communicate um, and just be really open and honest with one another. So, yeah, so I guess that was a, the main, the, a, lot of, a lot of the elements that we put in the business case around, around how we're going to work. And just on that, how did you manage like your stakeholders that they see one role with two people. Uh, I know someone, when I went to the Working Mama community uh, yesterday about job sharing, someone said, I'm in a job share position, but they see us as two different people doing one role. And, and how do you manage stakeholders? So if they've had a conversation with you and also then relaying that information on to your job share partner about that conversation, how do you manage it? Well, Generally, our stakeholders are really good and really open about it. Some of them, probably, you know, the more important ones, <laughs> would like to... Oh, sorry, I'll just step back. So with all my 
that job share arrangements I've had, we have both worked three days each. So we've always had one day together in the office. I don't know if that's critical. I've always felt that's enormously important uh, because it gives people a chance to see you together, being consistent together and see you as a team. And also during that day, you're always, again, you're always communicating to one another. So there's other little bits and pieces and or sharing ideas or we use it to have team days and that sort of thing. But we'd also use that overlap day to meet with some of those more critical stakeholders. So there were a lot of people who wanted to see you on the day you were both in the office. Now, clearly <laughs> that's not how it works and we couldn't do that for everyone, but we would do that for where we could and we would do that for, you know, strategy days and team days and those sorts of things as well. And then with other stakeholders, what we would try to do would be to almost swap. So if uh, Sarah was meeting with a particular stakeholder one, one time, then the next time it might be me. So, and we would be really, I guess it's just in the strength of that handover that you can always have that continuing, you know, consistent conversation with your stakeholder that it just continues on from one person to the other. And I think after they experience that a few times, people just accept it. So if you're new to the arrangement, they'll come, someone, a stakeholder might come up to you and say, look, I had this discussion with Sarah and go to explain it all to you. But if you can sort of, you know, stop them and jump ahead and say, yes, I understand and we're, you know, I don't know, just explain where we're up to, what you're on to, where your next action is, they, you know, they get it. They, they, they get it and they, then they just expect that from you going forward. So you need to set the expectation with them that we're seamless. You don't have to repeat conversations from one to another. We will manage that in the background. That's not for you to worry. See us as one person, and but then you need to back it up. Well, and again, that was the way we operated by making it, by setting it up that way. So again, yeah, just the clear communication with the stakeholders, but then getting that handover working so that you're actually living it in practice. Sounds great. And how did you manage the email part of it? I know there's different strategies that can use of say one email box or did you CC each other? How did you, from that communication point of view on email, manage it? We asked our stakeholder, or everyone, we said to everyone, if you're emailing one of us, could you please email both of us? So don't ever just email one, just email Two, which sounds like, you know, oh, they've got to remember to put two names in. But it, I, we are, I thought that was easier than having a shared mailbox where they have to think of a, oh, what's that mailbox again? It's just like, oh, it's, you know, Mel and whoever. And, the, you know, corporate life, there's normally 20 people seed into a, CC'd into an email anyway. So That's normal anyway. <laughs> so we just did that. And what... I found that was very important for because a lot of communication and information is in emails and so it made, made the handover more efficient if you knew that in your partner's email box was the background. You might just point them to a particular email or what have you, but they've got the information there. You're not having to send things back and forth. So that was actually pretty pretty simple. I mean, occasionally people didn't do it or they forgot or whatever, but generally, you know, 99% of the time that's what happened. So that was pretty straightforward. Sounds great. And do you have any other tips for people that are considering a job share relationship uh, and actually making sure it's effective? You need to think about it up front. You need to think about all those things I talked about, the practical things, the logistical things. 
look, it's a bit of a leap of faith. No matter how much you think about it and plan it, write things out, talk, there's an element of risk, I guess, in that you're sort of jumping into this with someone you don't actually really know <laughs> how you guys work to, together. So in, in my experience, some of the things that really made it work, which, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know this necessarily when I went into it, it was one that you really need to like the person. As I say, like you want to you have fun at work and you want to have fun in this role and you, you want to like the person, you're going to spend a lot of time with them, you're going to speak to them a lot, want to be open, you need to be open with one another. So to have that good foundation and to, you'll end, you know, if it's successful, I think you'll end up building strong friendships from it. I think that's quite important. Yeah, because you need to really have one another's back. You can't let anyone play you off against one another in the, in the relationship. But I think you need to have a similar values set and approach to work or kind of work ethic. So, you know, that, that you're really focused on whatever it is, you know, you're really outcome focused or you're really the way that you manage work is similar and your value set is similar. So it's, it's tricky because you're two different people and you'll go about things differently and you'll have different strengths and that brings that brings value to the job share because you've got, as I say, twice the experience, twice the strengths or whatever it is. But I think having, I don't know, more, more, you know, there's that internal value set and, and being really supportive and open for one another to one another is a thing that's going to make it work. So the, the last job share arrangement I had, we didn't know each other at all. Um, and we came from very different work backgrounds. So not what you would think on paper would necessarily make it work. And so we were set up together, if you like, uh, by, by the um, hiring manager and we met for a coffee to meet each other and it was, like, it was like a blind date. It was hilarious. It was, you know, we were both trying to suss each other out and impress each other and what have you. But on the back of that meeting and the fact that the hiring manager knew both of us and she suggested the previous job sharing arrangement and... I knew that no matter how much you plan it, there's still this leap of faith. We decided to, to sort of jump into it. And so my background is as is working in sort of CFO team, so as a, a, through accounting finance. And her background is was as a journalist and then she was running a media consulting business. So really quite... Very different. Really quite different. But the role itself is a bit sort of diverse. But then to me, that was part of what was really attractive because I thought, well, this is great because I can learn from her in the role and you will with any job sharing partner that's one of the benefits of it you're learning from each other but because we had really different skill sets it was like okay well that's another benefit of this relationship is that we can learn a lot from each other as well as delivering in the role so and it did it worked it was great but if I suggested something like that to me years and years ago I would have thought well you've got to be crazy you don't need to have a similar background but I think because again we liked each other we had really open communication similar value set and work work ethic and we just really in it together and supporting one another it 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 worked wow and so how did that did it just form over time as well with that second job share of like the different skill sets how did that work um obviously someone from journalism another one from finance did you speak continue to share the responsibilities uh, in the, that role or did you go right your say more focused on say communications so I'll give you the those types of tasks and then you'll take the finance ones how did how did that 
jobs plate work? We did continue. We did share it. So we had shared performance outcomes because the vast majority of it we did we did share and bringing both our experiences to those outcomes. However, there were elements, things that would come up and things that would be done that I might look at her and say, right, oh, this one's for you, or she'd look at me and say, this one's for you. But they were, because, there's, you know, that's probably going to happen anyway. So there were some things that naturally, probably more naturally fell that way in that role because of the diverse experiences. But the, the majority, the vast majority, was something that we did together using the, the, both the different experiences to, I guess, you know, you're creating a... a more broad thinking in whatever the outcome is. Oh, I'm loving this. It's so, I know so many people get so much value out of this. This is fantastic. So what about when it's not going so well? Have you had any challenges in either arrangement that you've had where you've gone, oh, there's a bit of a conflict here or something has, a task hasn't been done? How have you resolved any conflicts or challenges that have arisen? So look, I haven't really had any, I wouldn't say I've had any conflicts in the arrangements and the reason for that is because you're handing over every whatever it is, at least every couple of days, you're always talking and debating and creating ideas through that handover, if you like. So if if I handed over to my partner and said, this is an action and, you know, three days later when she hands over to me, it hasn't been done, it's not an issue. It hasn't been done because other priorities overtook it and that's life and it's work and you just get on with it. It's not, it wasn't not an issue as such. The other thing you need to accept with a job share partner is you can't be relitigating one another's decisions when you go back into the office. Because if you do that, well, there's no efficiency in the job share. You can't go back and, and revise a decision and then try to move forward. You never get anywhere. You really need to, and this is about trusting one another, having one another's back, but also accepting that you'll do things in a slightly, you know, in different ways. So, when I, you know, I might have left and said, right, this is the action that needs to be done, but they might go and do something different. When I come in a few days later, I just take where it is and I move it forward. I don't go, oh, you know, but we might discuss it. I might say, oh, well, okay, that's fine. But did you think about X, Y, and Z? Yes, no, you have a discussion. It's just the handover. It's not, it's never conflict because you, you're both trying to do your best and create the best outcomes. And if you know that and believe in that and you're supporting each other along that journey and you're always talking, just always talking, it's, yeah, you just keep moving forward. But I think it's really important that you're not, as I say, you're not relitigating things. You can talk through the idea, debate it in the handover, but there's no point going back and doing it your way. You just move forward what your partner's done. So, Really, you've got to have a, a lot of trust, empowerment, and also an open mind about the other person. So it's not so always going to be the way that you've done it, but really going, okay, that's the way it is, and then just keep moving forward. Well, that's it because it's it's not you're not the only person in the role. It's a job share, right? You're both contributing, so you have to, yeah, you have to you have to do that. Otherwise, it's almost, it's just two part time roles doing their own thing, which is fine, but that's not what a job share is and that's not how I set up my arrangements. Yeah, so very much about that mindset by the sounds of it, both of you have that from the start of, no, we're in this together as what you said as well, we're sharing the accountabilities. So it's really that trust and mindset right from the start. Yeah. Oh, wow. Throughout your journeys of job sharing, what have you found to be some of the real advantages or even surprises along the way? 
there's some obvious advantages. So one is the flexibility. So I've worked part-time and in job shares. And the difference is that in a job share arrangement, the days you're not there, someone else is on and covering everything for you. So you are not that you can you're switched off 100% switched off you can spend the time with the kids or whatever you're doing whatever because it's all been covered and you you know and you go back and things have progressed and it's actually quite amazing <laughs> um it also opens up I think it opens up opportunities for more complex and challenging roles or bigger roles which you know there's a perception it's not a part-time role or there's you know it's too broad or too this or too that it enables you to take a full-time role of any size scale scope you should be able to do it in that relationship things that actually if we sort of put in that first business case but it's really really true it's the old adage of two heads are better than one that you're creating a better outcome because through that handover you're creating challenging one another you're you know covering off any risks and what have you and if one of you is a bit more bold and the other one's a bit more risk averse, you know, through that handover, you get debate all of that and you come up with a better outcome. So it really can create stronger outcomes. And the other thing, sounds a bit strange this one, but there's an even, I'm a very accountable person. I'm very accountable to my team and my boss and and the business, but there's even a higher level of accountability in being in a job share because you're in it together and you share it for us we were sharing the outcome so it makes you want to work like do a better job in you know more more accountable even than ordinarily which I hadn't really sort of thought about but it makes sense if you are that invested in it and as I was saying before about learning from one another so your experiences your way of operating different skills and what have you that you can learn from one another and then look that as as I also said before, the main, the thing I really love about this is just really good fun. <laughs> like, I just I just have found those um, job sharing relations to be really fun, and I made great friends out of them. And it like I love the days when we're both in the office together and you actually get to see each other, and you just download all day, and it's you kind of off and running, and you're drawing energy from one another. So. At the end of the day, that was also one of the main things for me. And that was why I was so happy to explore a second job share relationship as well. Oh, wow. And that's, it's really good. Like you spend so much time at work. If you're not having fun, then there's no point. <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> and uh, how did you, I just thought about this now, how did you go about managing your annual leave? Is it something that you synced your calendars together of saying, all right, I'm going to take leave at this point and making sure, you know, leave at the same time. Yeah, that was a bit tricky. Yeah, because our boss didn't want us to take leave at the same time, other than over, you know, Christmas, January, when the whole place kind of shuts Everyone's up. quiet anyway. Compulsory leave anyway, so there's that. But then we needed to make sure that we did arrange our leave at separate times. So, look, it was never a particular issue, but it's just something we needed to plan together. And I, and I guess from a business and stakeholder perspective, then that's an advantage because there's always, you know, if you're having leave at separate times and there's someone always there. Although really organisations should be able to survive without a role being there for a week or two. So. <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> and what resources did you find that really helped it, that it was just that, like obviously a phone call or it like... You know, what are some other things that you think would help people uh, in the arrangement? 
Look, I think, I, I sound a bit like a broken record, it's quality of the handover, right? That's the yeah. thing. That, that is the, it's the hardest thing, but it's the key. And what we found through, it's funny what you end up talking about on those handover phone calls because so someone might have been in a meeting for three hours, right, doing the handover and that they don't miss, and through that handover there's not much point in them recapping all the actions and outcomes from the meeting because they're going to come in the minutes and unless there's something very specific and urgent, you know, that will come. But you might talk about, I don't know, like, some of the unsaid things that happen in the meeting or body language. Oh, I just got a sense of this. Or actually now I ran into so-and-so in the hallway and they said something a bit funny. So it's all that. So yeah, that it morphs into some other things that help you to understand, you know, what's going on or actually, okay, so that was a funny conversation. So I'll check in with them tomorrow and see what's really going on just to make sure we're getting the best outcome and those sorts of things. So yeah, we just spoke about those things as well as just, again, as I was saying, like, just being crystal clear on prioritisation and just distilling the information, being really succinct and clear. We did actually have had a couple of uh, ladies working in a job share arrangement for me at one stage and they really struggled with their handover. They, they struggled. They seemed to struggle with the role a bit because they didn't have the handover working and they were spending hours and hours on the phone to one another every night and I obviously was trying to help them. And I, I think the issue with that was that they just couldn't distill the information down to the most important points. They couldn't be succinct. They couldn't prioritise. They couldn't work out what was critical. And therefore, they spent hours and hours relaying everything. So it made that arrangement really unsustainable for them because they couldn't quite work that out. So, yeah, look, it's just communication I think you know on the phone so that it's two-way it's not just a whole lot of notes written down you're conversing you're debating the ideas oh what did you think about that oh oh, hang on I had a conversation with someone the other day I forgot to tell you you know bring that in and it just it's more effective that way just like in life how how important communication you know (laughs) with our partners with everyone and how do you think that it, by having a job share arrangement has actually supported you in your career and your career journey and advancement? Completely. Because as I was saying, I think it allows you to have bigger roles, if you like. So I have felt, so ever since my, um, I had my came back from work after my oldest child, I've worked on a part-time basis three days a week and I felt enormously supported by everyone the organisations and the people that I've worked with in doing that. So it's been fantastic. And the part-time roles have been amazing, but they've, I guess by their very nature, a bit smaller and can be a bit kind of to the side a bit, which has just helped me maintaining my career but not necessarily progressing it as much. Whereas with the, the some of the roles that I've been able to do in the job-sharing capacity, they've been bigger, more visible more challenging, if you like. So it has enabled me to do that. So I think from a career progression, and I'm not suggesting you can't progress on a part-time basis at all, but I think my experience and if I look back on those roles and the scope and what I achieved, I feel really proud of what I've done in those job share roles because they've, give, they've been meatier. And having that bigger scope and yeah. the accountability and things like that. And if so, if people were wanting to look at and explore job share arrangements, do you know of 
how they could go about doing it? Is it really relying on the manager already in the organization or is it something that you can approach someone and say, right, let's apply for the role together. How do you think people, or what's your advice on actually really starting off on that journey of setting up a job share arrangement? Oh, look, I think it's tricky. As I said, from my background, I was, I was pretty lucky. And we did, when I was at NAB, we had, there was a job share register that existed, but it was, you know, good intentions, but it was just a, I don't even know what it was, an Excel spreadsheet somewhere or something. It wasn't, you know, sort of lived, lived and breathed so I I've had lots of people I guess over over my time come and talk to me about job sharing so people look I mean it's generally females have got young children who are looking to come back to work and wanting to explore things in a different capacity just coming and talking to me to understand my experience and how they might go about it they have normally you know I, they normally come as a partnership so they've already identified through their own knowledge of where people are at in, in the team or what they might be interested in, how they think they might work together, what that looks like. But it can, which is great, right? But I guess it's limited to what you know and who you know. I think the thing is actually as a as a manager, if you've got a leadership role across a team and you can you are, you understand kind of more broadly where people are across the team, you've actually got the the visibility to maybe see where it might work for people and an opportunity, you know, individuals and an opportunity, you know, just being really kind of open-minded about it and, you know, using that knowledge as a team leader to think about whether that's an arrangement you can facilitate. So it is, I, I don't have, I wish I did, I don't have a, this is the way to go about it because I'm such an advocate for job sharing. I just love it and I wish that everyone did it. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's tricky to start with it and then to, yeah, and to have, I guess, to have, there are many managers who support it, but there are, there are some who don't, right? So you've got to make sure you, it's the right culture and fit where they're going to support that sort of arrangement. What do you think that organisations need to do to support and be more supportive of job share arrangements? I think that so I was at NAB and Australia Post and they were both like really supportive, like culturally really supportive. It was so interesting when we started at Post that it was just like, oh, yeah, you guys job sharing, whatever. We've already got people here that job share. It was not, they, it was not a, didn't blink an eye. Not a, just, everyone just got on with it, which is fantastic because it felt while there weren't a lot of examples, it was just it just felt really normalised, which is what it what it should be. So, but as I say, I think that having that culture and promoting that culture, and you know, having people role model it is the greatest way for people to start thinking about it and to normalise it, so that when it comes to talent days or whatever it is, and you're thinking about people in your team, you can you might think about it differently. So in your, in your talent day, you're thinking, well, look, this person's here and this person's here. Maybe they should have a discussion about whether they jointly be interested in this upcoming opportunity or whatever it is. So I think it's that leadership and talent development kind of aspect to managing the team and, and potentially sort of facilitating arrangements. And part of that is just understanding your people, really knowing where they're at, what motivates them, how they work, and to be able to support them in their career progression. And so do you see it's obviously the culture, but also having a supportive manager is also really integral to the success of a job share arrangement? Yeah, yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you need to have a 
yeah, good, strong relationship with your, your manager. As I say, look, honestly, I think so many managers and people are supportive of it. I think that maybe for a lot of them, they just don't know or don't necessarily think about making it happen, you know, setting them up. But if when they're there and they're working with job shares or they're managing a job share, they really just get on with it and very supportive. And you said that you've also managed two women that were doing a job share. What advice do you have for managers that even may be new to having people in their team that are job sharing? I think it's going back a bit to kind of that sort of business case concept. I would say to empower the people who are doing the job share to come up with how they want it to work, but it needs to work for you too as a manager, right? So you need to be comfortable with it. So then you really... It's a matter of all sitting down and being very clear around that arrangement and what the expectations are on both sides and, you know, in order to make it successful. So just, again, communicate and being clear, being clear up front is really the main thing. And then, look, just as you would for anyone in any role, it's timely feedback. If there's concerns you're having along the way around performance or particular elements of the job share, just, again, continue to have that open dialogue, right, because that should be part of the setup is that we all want it to succeed. So if things aren't working, we're prepared to, you know, pivot or change the way we do things in order to try and make it successful. So just to provide that um, supportive, supportive environment and ongoing feedback around it. And as you say that you think everyone should be in a job share arrangement, you're a massive advocate for it. What would you like to see the future of job share and and why do you think it's such a win-win for organisations and we should see more of it? Well, I mean, with flexible working generally, I would like to see, as I say, everyone doing it. So I'd like to see men doing it. I would like to see more females who aren't mothers doing it because I think it's generally viewed as, you know, for mothers returning to work, which is great, right? But it's amazing. It offers a lot to everyone. And as I say, I think it's got to be the right fit. So in order to make it successful, but if you've got that, then what you've got is you've got rather than, you know, each individual having 20 years of experience. You've got 40 years of experience in that role and you've got two heads constantly debating ideas. You've got, it's just that you're bringing, you're bringing more to the outcome of that individual role. So I think, you know, I think that's enormous for organisations and it just provides a a different way of working so you can keep, it's retaining the workforce, people that otherwise would find it challenging to stay. So, you know, you're retaining your talent and you're at the same time allowing people to progress their careers. And I even, when I was doing some research for this, I even heard about the scenario of knowledge sharing. So someone that may be closer to retirement working and being job shared with someone that might be a little bit younger as well of that knowledge transfer uh, in the organisation. So there's really all different models that can work with this. It's, yeah, as you say, not just for working mums it could be for people with closer retirement knowledge transfer no matter what stage of life that you want to be you may not necessarily want to work five days a week you may also want to cut back as well so it's uh yeah only limited by your own imagination exactly exactly (laughs) and uh just before we go is there any final advice hints or tips that you would like to offer uh those that are listening around job sharing as I said, look, at the end of the day, it is a bit of a leap of faith. If you're going to go into arrangement, you can you plan it all you, all you want. It's a leap of faith, but it's one worth taking. I think if there's an opportunity, you know, it's amazing what you get. It, you can get out of it and what you can learn from it. And so 
you're never going to be able to get assurances around everything and you just got to jump in, jump in with your eyes wide open and, you know, give, give it everything. Give it a go. Open mind communication, yeah. as you say. And lastly, Mel, what do you do to fill your cup? I need a bit of downtime, really, you know, working and um, um, with the kids and what have you. So I... <laughs> My favourite thing used to be the most simple thing, which was uh, just taking the dog for a walk every day. But since we've been in lockdown in Melbourne, that's become become the norm. I also, you know, look, just taking regular breaks. We, you know, have have my little happy place, which is a spot we have down in Tasmania, which also sadly I can't get to at the moment. (laughs) And just spending really, you know, quality time with, with family and friends and so it's all those really simple things that you know uh, this year we found I guess a little bit challenging but uh, I I found a way to to experience some of those. That's important because this year certainly has been a challenge for a lot of people and if you're still able to do those little things to fill your cup particularly with with two kids and homeschooling is what you have been it's important Mm -hmm. that you're still able to fill your cup. Indeed. And so, Mel, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they connect with you? The easiest way to connect with me is via LinkedIn. So just by my profile, Melinda Chappanel, a bit of a mouthful, <laughs> on, on LinkedIn. Yeah, look, I'm, I, if, if anyone did want to reach out, I'm, I'm very happy to speak with anyone in, in relation to job sharing because, as I say, I can't, I can't say enough about it. Hopefully I've given people a bit of an idea around my experiences in it I think there can be so many different ways to do it and so many different experiences but yeah hopefully showing mine has been helpful I'm sure many people will definitely be probably madly taking some notes as what I have been doing and and thinking about how they can go about doing it because as you said you've been able to get those more meatier roles it's definitely progressed your career and you've you've learned as well from it from the people that you've been job sharing with and I think in summary is what you're saying. For me, it's it's really about having that trust, empowerment, open mind, and really at the heart of it, that communication and the importance of, of an effective handover is, is certainly there. So Mel, I have to say, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And on a topic that it is a little bit unknown, that not a lot of people know how to make it work. And hopefully you've been able to demystify some of that, that will enable a few people to job share and and hopefully have similar success uh, as what you've had as well. So best wishes. Thanks, Karina. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.